Grab your Bible and turn it to uh, Psalm 46. And what we're going to do, I want to encourage you, if you're just joining with us a little late, is uh, Sundays and Wednesdays will be on YouTube, coming to Facebook soon. But we'll be same time, 7 o'clock, 10.30 on Sunday. Uh, we'll be uh, airing our kind of our services just to stay connected. And I think it's going to be great. And uh, just to bring that word of encouragement and to remind us, you know, like constant reminder, we're inundated with the things going on in the world with, uh, you know, just the virus and all the economy and everything. It just seems like in such a short time that all of this stuff has changed. And yet our God still remains the same. You know, the, I was thinking about this today. We, we remember Genesis and to every Genesis there's a revelation. There's a beginning and there's an end. We don't know when that time is going to come, but we just say, Lord, Jesus, you know, you have us, you're directing us, and we're thankful for that. So anyway, looking at the psalm tonight, gaining some encouragement from the psalm. So if you guys picture this, here is uh, Hezekiah. The Assyrians are camped around the city of Jerusalem. He has nowhere to go. And the people begin to wonder, What's going on? You know, it's, you know, they're getting these, I don't know, the information that Hezekiah isn't going to say, if you don't listen to him, you know, don't trust in him. Uh, don't trust. He says he's going to trust in God. I imagine that's what the world is saying right now. The Bible says in the last days there will be scoffers. And you think about that because people are saying, well, what do you mean? Where's your God that heals? You know, where's your God that does this? Or where's your God that does that? But truly, here it is that the enemy always wants to throw that at you, but don't be discouraged. Be a good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world. But here's, here's this time where Hezekiah is in this, um, you know, the Syrians army camped around him and he's being threatened not only by the outside, but then the threats come on the inside of the city to where they're, uh, you know, people are kind of, um, wondering what's going to happen here. Don't we wonder that today? We wonder what's going to happen. What's tomorrow look like? What is a week from now? Is the church going to be open? The store is going to be open. We don't know, but we know this, that God is on a throne. Jesus is still the same yesterday as he is today, as he will be tomorrow. And we're to have faith in him. We're still to trust in him. And so if you remember what Hezekiah did in Second Kings, it tells us that he got these letters and he went up and he retreated. He got away. He went away to the house of the Lord and he spread all the letters out before the Lord. And it says that he prayed. Now think about that. Here we have all the news articles, all the things that are coming, uh, you know, amongst us in our day that we live in, and just spread them out for a minute and just pray. Just seek the Lord and pray because God has the answers to all of our problems, the world's problems. He has all the answers for that. And so I like what Hezekiah did. He said, he spread them out before the Lord and he prayed. And so we're getting all these news briefings and all these, you know, stories and these reminders of what's going on. But how important it is, because we have access to heaven. You know, a lot of people are tuning into Fox or CSN or CSM, NBC or whatever, and, and we're tuning into heaven. We have his word right here. It's so encouraging to us. And uh, though we're in the same boat as we will, in a sense, as the world, because we're here, we're, we're, but we have peace. And we can have peace in the midst of the storm. So in this psalm, it's kind of like that. 74 times the, the uh, word Selah is used, and it's used uh, uh, 71 times in the Psalms and, and the other times in Habakkuk. And, I, and it comes to this kind of this liturgical, musical, you know, mark of this instruction. It kind of means stop and listen. And in this Psalm, 
Stop and listen to what the Lord is saying. So a lot of times we read through the Psalms or, you know, through the scripture and we'll just read through it. But if we read and we meditate on what it is, oh, what did God just say? What did he just say? You know, what is it that God is speaking to our hearts about in the midst of the storm? And so I think it's very setting here for, you know, what has taken place in Jerusalem with the armies camped around them, with the fear being brought in, with the uncertainties, with no water, with the food supply uh, possibly cut off, everything. What does he do? So the first three verses are going to tell us that God is our refuge. The psalmist will say, if you're a, a note taker out there, we don't have the have them on our screen tonight. But uh, so God is our refuge. And so he says, you notice it says in verse one, God is our, our refuge and strength and very present help in trouble. So he says he's ours. He's our help. He's our refuge. He's ours. Believers, we can go to him, you know, born again Christians. We go to him and say, thank you, God, that we have somewhere to go to, some truth, you know, we have, or all truth. We have him to go to, to really speak to our hearts. He's our God. And, you know, the, the, the question, I guess, for me, maybe if you're sitting in a home invited by somebody, is, is Jesus your God? Who is your God? Who is your peace in this time? But who is your God? Who, who are you going to gain the, you know, strength from? Who's going to be the one that you're going to be hiding in, you know, just uh, for a place to go to and retreat to? See, again, in verse 1, if you look there, it says, God is our refuge and strength and very present help in trouble. The refuge, that's that shelter. That's that place to where we can go and not somewhere to run to, but someone to run to. We have God to run to. And he's that refuge. He's that place to where when things aren't going well, and we can go and we can confide in him, we can talk to him. And then we stay there. You know, a lot of times we might get isolated. We'll go into these places of, you know, we get fear. We go into the room. We, you know, pull the covers over our head or something like that. And it's like, no, that's not what it is. We have God. He's still here. He still uh, wants to, to meet with us. And so he says he's that, he's that presence to where we're to run to. Where to, where to go to and where to, where to, you know, just crawl close to him. And we think about that because it speaks about when we draw close to the Lord, when he's our refuge, we can take every one of our emotions, our weaknesses, our doubts, our concerns, everything to him and rest in him. And the world doesn't have this. Unbelievers, they don't have that opportunity, but we do. So we take full advantage of it. And then he says, the psalmist says, not only do we have that quiet place for, you know, a protection, but he's also our strength. The Lord is our strength. I mean, what do we need at a time like this? So the Proverbs tells us this. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. So where do we go? Where do we go in this time like this? As any time we go to the Lord. And he's that, the, the one that we're going to plug into. He's the one that we're going to just rest in and draw close to, take refuge in. And because of that, because he's our refuge and because he's our strength, verse 2 says, therefore we shall not fear. We. Again, those who have faith in Christ, we have faith in God, we've given our lives, and we don't have to fear. Things can get crazy, maybe worse than what they are, I think they could get a lot worse, but it doesn't matter. We have God, and we and that's our peace. We're not going to fear. I mean, we read the Bible, and we see what it has to say. You know, uh, it's very clear 
Now, these are like birth pangs that are taking place. And there was an earthquake in Utah I heard today, you know, a, a sizable magnitude earthquake. I mean, these things are going to happen more and more as, you know, the time comes uh, near. It's just, oh, yeah, it's a reminder. Guess what? Jesus is coming. Guess what? Jesus is coming. And so we look at this, and, and he says, we, that speaks of all of us who have faith in Christ. We don't have to fear. Think about that. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Your fear of this and that? You know, I have concerns. You know, as a pastor, I think I have great concerns for our elderly or those who have a compromised immune system right now. And it's just a great concern. I love them, want to help them out, want to pray for them, want to pray with them. Um, but we want to make sure that, hey, we're not fearing. We're just, you know, walking, trusting God through all of this. And so we look at these things. And, and, and remember this, too. That as a refuge or place of refuge, it's great that we have somewhere to go to take refuge in. But it's okay to hide, but we just don't stay hidden. So get out. I think as Gabe had said, uh, you know, during the announcements, fellowship any way you can. I mean, we got to stay within the legalities of, you know, whatever the government, you know, really wants us to. To, to be a, uh, a help, not a piece of the problem. We, want, we don't want to be on the Miami beaches like what people are doing, right? And it's just, to me, it's like, let's be a, let's be a help to this thing that's going on around us, you know, and not be a, a problem or be problematic. So, you know, we, we, we don't want to stay hidden. We want to be encouraging. We want to encourage your neighbors. When your neighbors see you, you're walking around or you're mowing the yard or whatever you're doing, and, uh, you know, they want to see you. They're going to have questions. People are going to have questions. I mean, you know what? Are you afraid? What's going on? I shall not fear. You know, uh, therefore we will not fear. And then in, in verse 2 he says, you know, the battles get big. And I understand the psalmist will say this. The, even though the battles get big, he says, even though the earth be removed. Now that's a pretty big battle. <laughs> the earth be removed? What about if your world gets rocked a little bit? You know, that's what is kind of happening, I think, in all of our worlds to some degree. I mean, we've been talking about it and praying about it as a staff meetings on Tuesday and still coming together, our volunteer staff as well, praying through things and, and just saying, you know, every, every one of our world is rocked a little bit, right? It's been changed. But how are we going to be moved or are we going to be moved? See, fear, the enemy wants us to isolate. And I don't think that's the right thing to do. I mean, yes, we have to isolate for you know, coverage and health reasons, but we have to be about, you know, one another's business and finding out, you know, how are, how are things going? So the, the depth of this, what he's saying is, even though the earth shall be moved and, and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, you know what? Uh, there, there's, uh, these are big things in life. They're huge things that if they were to take place, what would we act? How would we react? And, and, you know, here it is, uh, you know, things in our lives, though our world be moved or big things, you know, in our life, you know, we're feeling the squeeze, if you will. Uh, just all of these different things that can take place. Jesus is the one that we run to and we shouldn't fear. Listen again in verse 3. He says even deeper, he says, Though the waters roar, then be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swellings. You see, the word troubles means this, being in a tight place, the squeeze. It's kind of like we're going through, right? The squeeze is on. We're being squeezed, you know, out of our comfort zone. But listen, we, we run to Jesus when we feel that squeeze. We run to Jesus, and, and we just go to him. And it's again, it's not to escape, but it's rather to receive strength for the time in which we're going through, to rejuvenate that joy, to re, you know, really be finding ourselves, well, wait a second, 
what is the truth around here and what is true? I mean, you know, we have the truth in us and we have Jesus. I encourage you to read through the Psalms. And uh, as we stay connected, just go through the Psalms and, and look at what God is doing through King David's life or right here through Hezekiah's life. And, you know, even though the waters roar and they're troubled, though the mountains they swell, you know, there's these things going on. And again, being squeezed could be heated trials, uncertainties. We have anxiety, you know, people, and whether you're a Christian or not, there's some uh, Christians that have anxiety and they're thinking, oh, what do I do during this time? But, you know, be of good cheer again, because as Jesus said, I've overcome the world. We're going to press into him. And, and, and again, um, the results of all this is, therefore, we will not fear. You know, I think as the church right now, and it always should be, is nothing is going to set us into panic mode, but prayer mode. So we're not going to be panicking. We're just praying. Again, these are uncertain waters that we're, we're in, uncertain waters that, you know, we've um, been involved in. But we're just going to pray our way through these things, you know, and we're, we're going to map it out and trust in the Lord. So in a time of crisis, you think during this psalm or, or during the, the times of the Jewish leaders, you know what? They were prone to wander to Egypt. They weren't, they weren't prone to wander to or go to the Lord. They were prone to wander to Egypt, away from the Lord, to get help. And that's not what God had desired for them. And I think in this psalm here, it really shows a beautiful thing. Because the Lord is always there. And he's there for you and I as well. He's there for us all. And we gather together and we come and we just say, you know, Lord, I need to press into you. And, and the, the example is that, uh, again, the Jewish leaders, they wouldn't do that. And they didn't do that. And instead of running to the Lord, they ran back to the world. And Egypt is that picture of the world. Isaiah says this in Isaiah uh, chapter 30. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me. See, God wanted them to call upon him. And that's what he wants you and I to do as well, to call upon him, to, to know that he's there, to you know, be still as we'll find out uh, in just a minute as we'll see, but just to rest in him. He, say, he goes on to say, and who devised plans, but not of my spirit. So, you know, what are we to do? But we're to wait on God, we're to trust in him. We're just to say, God, what do you have for us? You know, as, as dads and moms, as brothers and sisters, grandmas and grandpas, what are we to do? And so, again, we want to call upon the Lord. Isaiah uh, 30, verse 2 says, uh, They go down to Egypt, who walk down to Egypt, and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. So what, the, what they failed to do was they failed to call upon the Lord. And here we are, we're going to praise him, we're going to walk our way through this thing, we're going to look to the Lord, and, and you know what, we don't want to, I, I, I like history is there, so we don't make mistakes again. I'm not a test taker, you know, I don't like tests. So, uh, you know, you go to a test, if I failed once, I'm going to make sure I pass it a second time. Well, I see these things are written, as Paul would say, for our, our admonition, so we can look at these things, and then we can say, you know what, uh, I don't want to be, uh, I want to take the advice of the Lord. I don't want to run to Egypt, I don't want to run to the world, I don't want to run to, you know, this thing or that thing or this, let's just seek the Lord out. And then he says, Selah, let it sink in. Let it sink in. What did the Lord just say? Who are you resting in? Who is your refuge? And let it sink in. And then he goes on. 
In verse 4, the next three verses will talk about God being our provider. Here the city is encamped around by the Assyrians. And they cut off, and there's no visible water to them, right? They don't have any water. And uh, there's no river running through. But he says this, he says in verse 4, There is a river whose stream shall not be glad, or shall make glad, the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. So the scene kind of shifts now from uh, into the city where the Assyrians had, their army had uh, been there with Jerusalem, and Jerusalem, they were surrounded them. So the water, as you know, is a very precious supply. We know that today. Hand sanitizer, I guess toilet paper, and a lot of other things are, they're a commodity, a rare commodity. You, you got to uh, hear it's water. And, you know, the, what he's saying is there's no way of getting water. But God was saying is, I'm going to be that river of water. Whose streams shall make glad the city of God. God's going to do that. And he's always our provider. You know, it's kind of interesting, but we may not, you know, we may not have things that we normally have. We may not have, uh, you know, the, the I don't know, uh, our rule has been changed. When you think about some of the things that we may go after or we may, you know, talk about. We don't have those things much anymore, at least right now. But God is still our provider. You know, maybe it was overtime. If I needed to, uh, you know, make a couple extra bucks, I worked a couple hours overtime. Now they're laying back, they're cutting back. God is our provider. And I think this is a great time for the church to come together. As the church really comes together and is the church to one another, we're going to see this, you know, not only gathering in our, uh, in our places and, uh, in our homes, but as we come together and we invite people in, as Gabe had put out that, um, new way of staying in touch. Uh, I don't know why they named it Discord, but it's there, right? And uh, But hey, let's stay in one accord. And uh, we'll stay in fellowship, but I think that's what's important. And remind each other, and we may need to be reminded that, hey, you know what, God's our provider. Let's not stress out about anything. The world is looking for answers. I think they're looking for the church to see what is the church going to do? How is the church going to react? And you and I can be that stable block in their lives. He says again, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. And so, you know, what what, what they lacked, and they, and they did lack water, uh, God was willing. He was willing to become all that a river could be and more. And you know what? Wisely, Hezekiah went underground, and we walked through that tunnel when we were in Jerusalem last time. The water supply connected to the spring of Gihon uh, uh, in the Kidron to the Pool of Siloam. So, you know, it was cool. They worked it out. God made the provision there. It's so incredible. So he's our provider. But God's help will always be on my on, our, uh, on his time, not maybe our time. You know, notice it didn't say your time. He says, God, verse 5, God in the midst of her, so he's ever-present. God in the midst of her shall not be moved. That's pretty cool. God's in the midst of our lives. He's not going to be moved. God's not going, uh-oh, what happened? There's, an epidemic, there's a pandemic. He's not worried. You and I need to look to our source, our joy, our strength, and everything. Look to God and say, okay, Lord, here we are. But he says, God is in the midst of her. Uh, shall not be moved. She shall not be moved. And God shall help her just as the break of dawn. And so it's not going to be at nighttime, but he says, you know, in, in, in the break of dawn, I'm going to be there. Isn't that cool? Because we know that uh, so their sorrows would be for a single night. God would be there in the morning. 
Or he's not that way he wasn't there at night, but he says, you know what? I will be there. It's like his mercies are new every morning. We see in Lamentations chapter 3, it says, Though the Lord's mercies, uh, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, because his compassion fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's so good about the Lord. I mean, really, that we can trust in him and that he's always faithful. And it really doesn't matter how bad of a situation we get into or we're in or that the nation of Israel was in. Looking at this psalm, we saw that God met them in their need and he delivered them. That's why we press into him. And it didn't matter who came against them. It didn't matter what nation, what how big they were, the Babylonians or Syrians, that they call out to the Lord. And remember that the Lord was ever-present with them. Look at verse 6. He says, The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. But listen, the nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. See, God stepped in. This is what we're praying for today. We're praying God step into this situation. Let it be known that, that it's just not some, you know, um, vac uh, vaccine that comes in or some healing agent somewhere. Let it be known that you, God, are that healer. Let it be known that you are, you've got this in control. That's what we're praying for, right? And so he says, he uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Church, and I see this happening. I see here the Lord is stepping in at the right time. It's his time and he knows that. He comes in and with a word he speaks and with a word, all the earth, you know, all our problems melt. And so it may be a, a word that you need, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. I got received a phone call yesterday. I was coming home from a meeting about 40 miles away. And I received a word of knowledge that was right to the heart, right what I needed to hear. It was perfect. Phone call. Yep, that's it. And we had just got done. Uh, a pastor friend of mine and I we were praying about that. What do we do? You know, hey, how are we going to do this? Let's pray our way through this. And it was right after that, we got done praying and, and just on my way, received that word. And it was like the Lord saying, I got this, but in this specific need. You know what? He's the Lord of hosts. He's the one that has all of this. So, you know, you come to this and like, like Israel, you and I, you know, then the, our nation may not see, you know, uh, help on the surface. There's no flowing water. There's nothing that's really refreshing. What do we do? All the news is bad news or it's not good news. Hezekiah dug a little tunnel or dug a big tunnel. And that may be a picture that you and I need to do. Maybe we have to dig a little bit. Get on our knees. Hard work. Plowing. Seek the Lord out. God, what do you have for us? But on all of that, God's going to nourish, bring nourishment to us. He's going to bring all the, you know, everything that we need. And so here we are again. Selah, think about that. Stop for a moment and let it sink in. And obviously you'll be encouraged, hopefully, to read this at home, on your own when we're done with this. But look at verse 8 through 11. He's our God. This is what the psalmist says. He says, come, behold the works of the Lord. You know, the Lord has something to show them. Here they are in the midst of all this. God has something to say. I mean, I'm glad that it's just not no connection. But we have connection to the Lord, you know, when we talk to God and we, you know, here, here he is in a psalm. He says, come, behold the works of the Lord. God's doing something. You know, we sing that song, Waymaker, right? He's, even when we don't see it, he's working. And even though we don't realize it, he's working. And he is. And he works far greater than our ways. You know, his thoughts are much 
higher than our thoughts, and all of these things. But he says, come, behold the works of the Lord. He's gathering the people together, and he's saying to them, come, let's gather together. Come, I want to show you something. He says, come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolation in the earth. Past tense. And he says in verse 9, he makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot, the chariot in fire. Now you can see now, again, the scene is changed a little bit here to the exterior fields, what they're looking at. And he says, come and see. He wants them to see what the Lord has done. You know, when we look again at all the news channels and today and age, we see uh, the, the day and age we live in, we see a lot of bah humbug, a lot of woe is this and hoping for that. But looking what God is doing in our lives, he's still connecting us together. We still have one another. He's still on the throne. And, and, and But here the encouragement is come and see. Press into the Lord and see what he's doing in your life. What is he doing? We're finding out, I remember when we moved, uh, my wife and I, we'd moved into a trailer, sold our house, and we were in a trailer for about seven months. And, you know, just, just a, this is not a, a single-wide trailer, a double-wide trailer. This is a tow-behind camping trailer. And we were in there for seven months, and we realized what we could go without. Sad thing is we bought a house again. We got it all back. But, uh, you know, it was in storage, so we didn't need it. And we, wow, this is great. I just got to convince her to go back in the trailer. I'm just kidding. But listen, here it is, is, is he goes, you know what, come and see. So he's talking about all the armies, the, all the armies and how the Lord is already, he's already taking care of this. The promise is already in God, you know, and they were sitting in their cities. They were afraid. Everything was camped around them. They didn't know what to do, but God was working. And that's what I want to encourage you today with. God is working even in the midst of what we see going around, around us. And look at verse 10. He says, be still. Huh. I love that. Look, don't get all panicked. Don't jump onto the nearest, you know, uh, bandwagon of this guy or that guy or whatever. And look, and be still and know that I am God. Be still. I mean, that gives us such assurance, doesn't it? That, oh, yeah, the enemies are out there. Oh, no, this thing's going on. You know, we, we hear the reports, you know, retirement funds and, you know, investments and everything is going down and all this. Be still. If the Lord was to rapture the church tonight, how much worry would we put in to tomorrow's investments? We don't know that he might rapture the church tonight, but what if he did? What, what if we're out of here? So just be still and know that his promises are true. So he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted above the, uh, among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so when we're moving around trying to fix everything, it's kind of hard to see the Lord at work or we're panicking or, you know, all this stuff. It's kind of hard to see God at work, but he just wants us to be still. Take your hands off of it, right? Let God do what he's doing. Let him do what he's going to do. We're going to press into him. We're going to pray. We're going to fellowship. We're going to rejoice. We're going to, you know, know that he is God. We're going to uh, just exalt him. We're going to lift his name on high. Uh, you know, don't ever let your emotions get caught up in the, you know, the newest things or the, the things that are hopes. May they be surrounded. All of our emotions be just surrounded in love, knowing that God has got us. He saved us. And we're just wonderfully blessed in that. And so often I know, I mean, if you're like me, I'm like a control guy. 
Oh, Gabriel, you're a control guy. You like to be in control? I like to, I mean, I'm kind of like that. I won't ask Mary because her family's not here yet. Uh, but we want to, you know, we, I like to be in control. I like to fix things. But guess what? I can't do it. So I got to be still. Just I'm t- telling you what I think the Lord is sharing with me. Just be still. It still seems to, you know, all that being still, it, it seems to go against our nature, our human nature. Just be still. Because we've got to trust God. We just have to trust him. So faith is living without, you know, this kind of scheming or planning or this fear or whatever else is going on in our lives. Faith is, you know, just trusting in the Lord, not realizing what tomorrow brings or the next day brings or anything like that. Be still and know. No. So church, how confident are you tonight that you can rest with everything around us? That's what he's talking about. Be still and know, being confident. God's got this. Not just from here. You know, we sing a lot of songs, but then when the rubber meets the road, wow, it's like, you know, I praise you, you know, you know, with or without, you know, blessed be your name. You know, I I, I have, you take it, you take it away and all this stuff, you give and you take it away. Am I still praising him? You know, the, at the end of Habakkuk, he says, Though there be no cattle on the straw, cattle in the stall, or no you know fruit on the vines, you know, yet I will praise the God of my salvation. I'm still going to praise Him. Why? Because He's God and He saved us. So be still, and you know we forget that the world is not our home. One day we're going to be passing through this. I don't know whether it be today, tomorrow. Like I said, ten years, twenty years. But listen, here's the thing. Does the, does the nearness of the reality of heaven, does it alarm you? What if it was a change? You ever thought about that? Because we know at the end, of the, the Bible says, you know, I was reading through Matthew 24 today, and he says, there's a lot of things, birth pangs that'll take place. And he, you know, but does it alarm you? Pestilences? Wars? Rumors of wars? Does it alarm you? Well, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It should maybe jolt us for a minute and say, oh, wait, God's on the throne. There he is. He's there. He's never moved. And I think that's important for us. Be still and know that he is God. And the birth pangs come, whether they're here, you know, in the uh, uh, whole thing with this virus going on. To me, it's another birth pang. But it's just like, be still and know that he is God. And let me close with this last verse. How can we be still? In verse 11, he says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He's here tonight. We can't gather together in this room, but he's here tonight. He's, you know, he he goes beyond time and, and he's present here as he's present in your home, present in your home and your home, all these places. He's present with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. He's not just left this area. I can't figure this out, guys. I can't. No, no, no he's got this. And we can trust in him. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So with everything that's going on, remember that God is with us. He's God and we're his servants. He's the one in control and we're not. And because Hezekiah and his servants allowed God to be God, he delivered them from their enemies. Look at, what am I going to do? I'd I'd make a bigger mess of it. And then check this out. Listen to what King Hezekiah has prayed. He said in 2 Kings 19.19, Now therefore, O Lord our God, I pray, Save us from this hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. 
So reminded what Ezekiel would often say when he would say something to the people directed by God, he would say, so that they would know that you are God. Let it be known that whatever we're going through, it's not time to run and hide, but to be rejuvenated. As we press into the Lord, as we look to him, and as we draw from the power of the Holy Spirit, fill me afresh, Lord, I just want the fresh power of your Holy Spirit. May it be that when people see us, that we're not running and hiding, we're not out being a foolish, but we're, we're just trusting in the Lord. And we're being a voice of confidence in this world today that we live in. How incredible it is that people are going to look to you. They're going to look to me. They're going to say, what are you doing? Where is your God? I say, oh, same place he was yesterday, today, as he will be tomorrow. And soon and very soon, we're going to be with him. We're all going to be with him. And we can trust in that. Let's pray together. And Gabe and Mary will lead us in a song of worship. And I'll come back and close. Father, we're so blessed. We hope you've enjoyed spending this time in God's Word, and our prayer is that you'll take it with you and apply it to your life. If you'd like to learn more about Calvary Longview, visit our website at cclongview.com. While you're there, you can find more teachings, request prayer, or even find out how you can get involved with what God is doing in our city. We hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you back here next time, and remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.